0: listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. The weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service. Educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei.
1: Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 276, entitled, Tis the Season for Christmas Lights. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for the questions, the comments, and the feedback that you guys send through, and those all-important iTunes reviews. Well, what a big day for the USA today. Uh, just Uh, It is election day 2020, the presidential election uh, or federal election is happening and uh it's just uh, an exciting uh time. I'm a bit of a political uh junkie when it comes to uh you know these times of year. Of course, uh, as most of you guys know, uh I am Canadian, so you know, I have no horse uh in this uh, race as far as the US election goes. Uh but I still enjoy uh following along and watching it. Uh, I'm constantly uh, glued to the TV and uh watching um you know the political commentary and stuff uh, on the election. And uh, it's just an exciting time. We just had uh, recently a provincial election here in Canada in the province that I'm living in uh, during a pandemic as well. So that was interesting uh, to go through. Uh, And I followed along uh, with that election. And uh, here, of course, is uh, uh, the big one uh, for this year, the U.S. election. Uh, so, uh, you know, regardless of your, uh, you know, what side you're on, uh, make sure you guys take out time today. If you haven't done so already, as far as, uh, you know, early mail-in voting and all that sort of stuff that you guys are allowed to do there, Um you know, like wherever you're, uh, you're situated in whichever state, whatever the rules are in your state, which is another fascinating topic uh, that there's so many different rules and stuff depending on the state uh, that you live in. I find that fascinating. We're here in Canada. It's uh, the same for everyone across the whole country, whether you're on the West Coast or the East Coast when there's like a federal election. Uh, you know, you can do your mail in voting and stuff like that, but on election day, everybody votes exactly the same. You go into an election place, they give you a little pencil, and you get a paper with the candidates on it. You go into a booth, and you basically draw a check mark or an X beside the candidate that you want uh, to uh, elect, and that's it. And it's the same across the whole country. So I found it uh, very fascinating that uh, in the US, it's completely different depending on the state. Some of them have that sort of system. Some of them have a computerized system uh, that you go in and you pull levers or buttons and things I was reading about and uh, just very, very interesting and a lot of different rules regarding uh, early mail-in voting, whether uh you know they can start some states are allowed to start counting their mail-in voting weeks uh in advance uh where uh, i think like florida is one of them that is allowed to stay, start like 3 weeks in advance counting all those mail-in votes where some states aren't allowed to do that they have to uh have mandated that they can only start counting those all those mail-in ballots and we've seen uh on the news at least all the record uh you know votes that are being cast, the lineups and stuff like that. And a lot of states aren't allowed to count those votes until actual election day is when they can start uh, opening up uh, those mail-in ballots. And of course, that's a pretty time-consuming Uh, process having to open up an envelope, and then there'll be like, you know, another envelope inside, and they got to open that one, and then they got to verify. Uh, And with those mail-in votes, I guess they have to also verify that that person hasn't voted uh, in person as well, or tried to do like a double vote or something like that. Uh, So, you know, it could be a, uh, it's an interesting time, because it could be a while uh, before those uh, numbers are in fact confirmed, uh, on which, uh, you know, person got uh, elected or reelected for President of the uh, United States. So just fascinating times. As you can see, uh, you probably hear my voice just excited about uh, the whole process. Like I said, a bit of a political uh, junkie uh, when it comes to like election times. I don't normally follow too much throughout the rest of the year, but uh, definitely around election times, uh, I like to uh, follow up. So like i said uh, exciting day for all you guys there uh on uh you know the uh, the us side of the border uh and just uh, make sure you guys uh, uh take your uh take some time if you haven't done so already to uh go out there and uh, let your voice be heard for uh, whichever side uh you think uh you know uh, is the side that uh, should be leading uh, your country in the next uh, 4 years so uh election time in the U.S. Uh, also, uh, you know, corresponds with that time of year. Uh, you know, their elections are in no- November. So that also corresponds with, you know, the time of year where, you know, Halloween is now behind us. And, uh, you know, people start to look forward to uh, Christmas. It's, uh, you know, right uh, on the horizon there. And uh, one of the big things uh, or traditions uh, in North America, and I'm sure in other parts of the world as well, is holiday light displays. And of course, with uh, a lot of uh, areas where uh, I know, you know, some places they continue to mow year round, uh, but there's a lot of areas where, uh, you know, the mowing wraps up. So You know, here as I sit here recording this, uh, for traditionally in my lawn care business, uh, my mowing season, uh, you know, for the past 15 years uh, that I've been in business, I'd say probably about 11 or 12 of those years, uh, the week uh, ending on Halloween uh, marks um, when my mowing would stop. Uh, That would be like the last cuts of the season. Uh, where, uh, but then uh, about two or three years, and ironically, they've been um, the last uh, sort of years, like last year, the year before, the year before that, uh, the mowing season has extended. And um, coincidentally, uh, the season has also each of these three past years uh, also started sooner as well. So I definitely think that's uh, uh, obviously uh, attributed to climate change because the weather has been changing. I've noticed it, um, you know, just with that, you know, for years uh, previous, my mowing season would start April 1st and end October 31st. And now, you know, I've had customers calling me uh, in early March, saying like, when are you coming? You can't wait till April first. The lawn is already, uh, you know, it needs a cut and stuff. And then, uh, you know, these mows now going into mid uh, March or sorry, mid November uh, at the end of the season, so extending at least two weeks. Uh, and uh, in one of these uh, past years, I mowed all the way through till December. So, uh, you know, definitely, uh, w- you know, the majority of lawns, uh, I would say, uh, throughout North America would be ending sometime, uh, at this point. Uh, some of you guys are, you know, a bit sooner. I've seen, uh, some of you guys, uh, posting on, uh, Instagram and stuff like that, that you're wrapping up your season and, uh, you know, that's it for uh, the year. And of course, a lot of you guys too, uh, transition into snow removal and you focus all on that, uh, and, uh, you know, um, ice management and, uh, salting and brining and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, fantastic if, uh, you know, you're in an area that, uh, especially an area that you can rely on, uh, that sort of, uh, income, uh, because of course, uh, the investment is a lot bigger. If you're getting into that sort of heavier side with plows and, uh, truck mounted salters and all that sort of stuff, it's a quite a large investment. Uh, and, um, you know, it's not really, although of course there's a ton of companies where I'm at that do it, uh, it still can be hit or miss here. There's some years where we get a bunch of snow, some years uh, that we don't. Uh, I know that there was one year, I believe it was 2008, we got like a crazy amount of snow. It was just relentless, like huge uh, snow drifts on the size of people's driveways and stuff from the accumulative uh, snow that built up. And uh, you no, know, you know people weren't really prepared for it. Uh, you know, I was doing a lot of snow blowing and all that sort of stuff. And then the next year, a lot of contractors were like, "Well, you know, we're going to be proactive," and they started investing in plows and things like that. I, I knew a guy that uh, spent quite a bit of money on a very fancy, like V plow and stuff on his truck, and it didn't snow then for like three years after that. Uh, so. Uh, and he ended up and uh, selling the plow uh, and stuff because it was just, you know, money sitting there that was never used. Uh, so, you know, it can be hit or miss depending on where you're, uh, you know, situated. But one thing that is constant, regardless of your weather, uh, is that holiday time, Christmas time, uh, holiday light displays and all that sort of stuff. And uh, with a, a growing number of the population uh, getting older uh, we all know that um you know people are living longer and stuff like that so there is a growing segment of the population uh, that is getting older and then there's also um from a lot of you guys can probably attest to this as well that uh you know a lot of your lawn mowing clients Uh, you know, maybe aren't so old, uh, but they just don't have the time to do it. People's lives are so busy, their family lives, all that sort of stuff. And uh, a lot of the things that, you know, in past years, past generations where the homeowner would do, you know, all that stuff themselves, the mowing the lawns, the you know, putting up Christmas lights and gutter cleaning and all that sort of stuff, people aren't uh, so willing to do anymore because their time uh, is better spent uh, focusing in on their strengths rather than uh, doing things that um, uh, sort of uh, could be you know considered menial tasks or things like that, right? Uh, if you are a business person a lot of, you know, that's another thing, right? A lot of people are entrepreneurs and all that sort of stuff, uh, or work from home, things like that. And, uh, you know, they can use that time, whether it's mowing the lawn or hanging Christmas lights, uh, to, uh, you know, actually make more money, uh, than what it would be, you know, costing them to take that time and, uh, you know, uh, hang those Christmas lights or mow the lawn and stuff like that. So, you know, we see that, uh, Uh, you know, client base growing uh, from year to year. So Christmas Lights is a great uh, service that you can uh, get into here in the off-season. Once the lawns are slowing down, you've already got an established base of customers that you can target for this service. You can also obviously advertise this to uh, new clients as well. So I thought I would uh, just talk about some of my past experiences uh, doing Christmas lights, uh, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, And, uh, you know, just sort of share my insights for uh, you guys starting out. uh, Because like I said, uh, you know, when you're starting out, this is sort of the, uh, you know, scary time of the year when you're going into uh, the off season and uh, you don't really have any sort of, um, you know, backup plan or you don't know what you're going to do here uh, in the off season. So let's just take a quick break and uh, hear from uh, XMark Manufacturing and then uh, we'll get right into it.
0: At Xmark, we've poured decades of leading-edge engineering and old-fashioned work ethic into our Laser Z, the pioneering commercial zero-turn rider More Landscape Pros Trust. So now you can experience cut quality, performance, comfort, durability, and reliability beyond your wildest dreams. Stop by your local dealer or visit xmark.com to experience an Exmark Laser Z and the attractive financing offers available now.
1: Okay, so in my uh, personal experience in my lawn care business, uh, the very first, uh, probably half of my business when I was part of that franchise uh, company, and then as well, uh, in the first few years in my own business, I did a lot of Christmas uh, light installations uh, uh, and that sort of stuff. I don't do them anymore. I haven't done them for a few years. Coincidentally, once I started doing the podcast and creating content and stuff like that, uh, I now focus just on this stuff in the winter. You know, uh, you guys uh, know that I do all, uh, the majority of my interviews and all that sort of stuff during the winter off season. Uh, and that's just, um, actually a heads up as well. If you guys are interested in uh, coming onto the podcast and uh, being interviewed, uh, then uh, just uh, send me a direct message or email me. Uh, you can email me at uh, success uh, at gmail.com and uh, just let me know that you're interested uh, in um, being interviewed or if you're following me on Instagram, you can uh, just DM me as well and uh, we can uh, figure something out here for uh, the winter uh, off season. But uh, so I focus on uh, this content creation side of it, but I used to do uh, a lot of those Christmas lights, a lot of those installations and stuff. And so I thought I would just share uh, some of my experiences uh, with that. So when I found when doing Christmas lights, there was uh, generally uh, kind of two types of customers. There was the customer that Already had all of their Christmas lights uh, and just wanted somebody to put them up and then there was of course uh, customers that wanted Christmas lights they may have uh, moved into a new house uh, had never done it before, and they didn 't you know have any supplies with them they had you know they had no christmas lights uh, so those were the two sort of uh, general uh, types of uh, customers that I found now. The ones that have their own Christmas lights are pretty straightforward. Uh, They've usually uh, done the Christmas lights themselves over past years. Uh, They can usually, um, you know, let you know where they want the lights. Like they can, you know, bring out their supplies. They open them up and say, okay, these are the lights I would use on the top uh, roof. And, uh, you know, maybe on the second or first level roof, if it's got like two different tiers or something like that. You know, you could run these ones here and now you would use these lights on the tree and uh, uh, all that sort of stuff. So it's pretty straightforward uh, with those uh, types of uh, clients. Now, that second uh, tier of clients where it's uh, people that have no supplies, uh, then this becomes a little bit more uh, time uh, sensitive in terms of the fact that uh, you... Uh, in most cases, uh, will be the one that goes shopping uh, with them. Uh, In some cases, you know, they may buy the lights themselves and supply them for you. But in a lot of cases, you know, they just want you to take care of everything. They may, you know, give you some ideas of what they want. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, what color lights and that sort of stuff and how they want them laid out. And uh, then it's up to you to go and figure that out. And, you know, we've uh, done that. And I say we've, because um, one important thing I will note with Christmas lights is that you should almost always have a partner or somebody with you when you're doing Christmas lights. Do not do them alone. And this is strictly because uh, Christmas lights are, uh, you know, for the most part going to require uh, a ladder and uh, you don't want to be uh, climbing up a ladder uh, on your own. So you definitely want to have somebody there to at least hold the ladder for you while you're climbing up. Just last year, uh, you know, I don't do them for customers, but I, of course, do Christmas lights on my own house. And, uh, you know, I was uh, it put a ladder up uh, to go onto just the, the first story of my house. I had done it many, many times before using like a 20 foot extension ladder and, uh, you know, asked my son to come and help me which ironically a lot of times I had never done before uh, because we've got this sort of uh, area on my house where there's like a corner uh, where the uh, two uh, parts of the roof uh, meet and uh, I can put the ladder there and I'm not worried about the ladder uh, moving uh, towards the one side because the house is right beside it uh, because it's in a corner but of course that other side is exposed. And uh, last year, it just happened that I asked my son to come help me. He was holding ladder and uh, I had some new shoes on uh, that I thought would be really good uh, for walking on the roof. Uh, so my house is uh, kind of like a split level house. So it's got two different r- roof levels. Uh, so generally, I only need to climb, uh, get up onto the first roof. And from there, I can work my way around to the very peak, just walking on the roof. Cause I can just step on, uh, the adjoining uh, roofs and, uh, get my way to the top. Uh, so I just have to climb that sort of first story. So what is that like 10, 12 feet or something like that? Uh, but this year with these, uh, the shoes that I had on, um, this was last year, uh, I went up the ladder and my foot slipped off the rung and, uh, literally my leg went right through the rung, um, Almost uh, up to my crotch. Uh, and uh, of course, that, you know, having that sort of shift in weight very quickly from having my leg slip and, and go all the way through and cause the ladder to start sliding sideways. And luckily, like I said, my son was there and he held the ladder uh, and was able to stabilize it so it didn't fall uh, sideways and, you know, knock me to the ground. Uh, and then I had to, uh, you know, uh, put uh, you know a lot of effort into trying to pull myself uh, out of the ladder rung and uh, my knee on the other side uh, was very awkwardly uh, twisted and bent uh, in such a way that there was a lot of pain and stuff there uh, because of just how I was positioned, a lot of pressure put on the knee there uh, and it caused uh, a lot of pain. Uh, the following months and I ended up having you know to go to doctor appointments and physio and stuff like that and ultimately having an MRI done on my knee uh, and uh, you know all sorts of stuff uh, to to figure out uh, if I had done any serious damage to it luckily uh, nothing there so you know from my experience there uh, you know even when you think things are safe and secure, and I'm always one of those guys that I'll put the ladder up and, uh, you know, I'll step on the first two rungs or so and kind of like bounce on the ladder uh, to make sure it's stable and it's not moving around, right? So I'm always very cautious of it. But even then, uh, just because I had a different set of shoes on that I thought would be good, uh, you know, give me some good grip on the roof and stuff, it turned out that they were actually terrible. Uh, and I ended up having to, going to change my shoes and stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, it worked a lot better with a different set of shoes Uh, so you know things can happen that you don't think things that uh, you know in a split second can happen to jeopardize your safety so that's number one is make sure that if you're going to get into Christmas lights that you have somebody uh, around you uh, that can help and um, you know that uh, is my first and most important uh, piece of advice so with those two sets of customers you're going to have you know ones that supply your lights and ones that are going to require you, uh, to go and pick up the lights. And that's where, like I said, it's a little bit more time sensitive. You're going to have to put some thought into and keeping track of the time that it takes you. If you're doing sort of a custom, we could call it a light display where you are the one supplying the lights and, and, you know, doing all of that. Uh, and you know, There's a different ways to do this in terms of pricing as well. If you are the one getting the lights, you can uh, strictly charge your customer for the labor, uh, the time it's taking you to drive to the store, find lights, find clips, all the stuff that you're going to need for that particular installation. And uh, just provide them the receipt for all of the products that you bought so that they're paying you for those products plus your time. Or you could, you know, Include it in a package price of what it's going to cost, and you know have all the uh, supplies uh, you know in that uh, package price as well, so that uh, uh, you know if you want to have like a markup on those lights or whatever on top of it, um, you know, like a lot of companies obviously do when you're doing landscape jobs. If you're buying soil and stuff like that, you're not charging the customer, uh, you know what. It It cost you to get that soil what it costs you to pay for that soil you're marking up all of your materials and stuff through jobs well you know you can do the same uh with the christmas lights as well there's uh you know or like i said you can do it where you're just giving them their receipts for all the products so that they're paying for that and then they're paying for the time involved as well uh for the actual travel expenses of going to pick up the lights and all that sort of stuff so different things, you just got to kind of figure out, uh, you know, what's best for you uh, in that uh, scenario. Now, in terms of lights uh, and light types, of course, LED is, uh, you know, very popular now. That's what uh, everybody is going towards is uh, LED lights. I'm still, um, you know, pretty old school in terms of that uh, I really like the old uh, incandescent traditional lights especially the uh, mid-sized ones I'm not sure what they're called like a C5 or something like that uh, bulb um, there's of course those really big ones and then there was like a smaller medium sized one I think they're like three watts or five watt uh, light bulbs uh, those were my favorite uh particularly because the cords on them are flat. Um, So they're very easy to position uh, how you want. So if you want all the lights, you know, facing down on the peaks of your roofs, those, you know, old style incandescent lights uh, are a great way to do it. Now, technology being what it is and uh, being able to, uh, you know, uh, Advance and all that sort of stuff you can now get c5 or c whatever they're called those little light bulbs you can get them now in led versions so that you can screw them into uh, those traditional type of uh, string lights um, which gives you that benefit of still being able to um, you know position them exactly how you want uh, but uh, with an LED light bulb instead of a traditional incandescent uh, light bulb. Now, the reason I don't like LED traditional LED light string lights is, uh, and it's not that I don't like them, but it's for like for the peaks of roofs and stuff. I really like to uh, have them you know, all facing the the same direction and all perfect, like if they're uh, twisted or moved a little bit, it really, you know, my OCD comes out really bothers me, I like having them all perfectly crisp uh, and facing, you know, down or whatever the case may be. Uh, But with the LED lights, uh, for most of them, they have that sort of three strand wire, uh, which is all like twisted uh, all the way through. Uh, so it makes it very uh, difficult in a lot of cases to aim, uh, lights, uh, the way now you can, you know, attach them to the roof of the house and all that sort of stuff, but you're going to have, you know, some lights pointing down, some up, some sideways, that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's, I guess, fine for, uh, some people, but for me, I'm, like I said, OCD. So it, uh, I like having them all facing the same direction, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, The other thing I like about uh, the traditional lights is the fact that you can uh, remove the bulbs uh, just by unscrewing them. It's easy to replace ones that burn out. uh, And, uh, you know, regardless of, uh, you know, LED lights and what they claim, uh, the LED lights will last and last forever and all that sort of stuff, 20 years and things like that. These claims you see, my experience is that they don't. I've got you know, I changed all the light bulbs in my house to LED lights in about two years ago uh, or so. And I've got ones that have uh, at least two or three of them now uh, that uh, have stopped uh, working. And uh, all, ironically, they're all sort of starting to fail now at the same time. So it's like, well, all those claims on the box of, you know, being, uh, you know, able to be on uh, for 20 years four or five hours a day and stuff like that uh, were all, you know, false claims because I'm having more than one starting to fail now. And uh, I've seen it in other things too. We've all seen where LEDs uh, do fail. So, you know, that's uh, something to keep in mind. In those traditional um, bulb Uh, string lights, you can replace the single bulb and your whole string light is uh, good. But in a lot of these LED ones, especially like fixed ones where you can't change uh, the bulb, of course, uh you know, then that whole string uh can fail cuz they're sort of that uh, one where if one fails, then the whole uh string light uh fails as well when you have that three-wire uh, sort of twist design. So a lot of things to uh think about in uh when you're doing uh Christmas lights. For me, I like the traditional style ones, uh, like I said, but uh, becoming harder and harder to uh, find those as they sort of get phased out and, uh, you know, um, a lot of uh, places banning uh, incandescent light bulbs and things like that for energy savings and stuff like that. So uh, just some things to keep in mind uh, in terms of that. Uh, so uh, some of the tools here now we talked about you know doing snow removal and all that sort of stuff and uh you know the costs of that and you know the investment required for plows and all that sort of stuff of course on the christmas light side of things it's not going to be uh, quite uh, the investment so uh, i'm going to take another uh, quick break and then uh, we'll get uh, back right into it
0: hey lawn care nation want to kickstart your lawn care business in the right direction Introducing the Lawn Care Business Success Academy and the How to Price Lawns Profitably course. Save yourself the time and headaches of trying to figure out how to price lawn mowing jobs properly on your own. Learn about knowing your numbers and how to set a profitable hourly rate in five steps. Discover the five things to consider before quoting a lawn. What to look for when you're out in the field how to spot red flags, and what questions to ask prospective clients. Then learn how to put it all together and the best way to present a quote. So if you're ready to get your business on the road to profitability, then head over to lawncarebusinesssuccessacademy.com.
1: Okay, so some of the uh, tools you're going to require, uh, if you decide that you want to go, uh, and start doing Christmas lights, of course, ladders, you're going to need some ladders. So, uh, I would suggest, uh, a extension ladder of some sort. Um, I used a 20 foot ladder that did the job for most, uh, you know, jobs that I could do or was willing to do, uh. There were some times, uh, and we'll get into, uh, where we needed uh, some bigger uh, ladders, uh, where uh, there was a house once where uh, me and my brother-in-law were doing, and um, it was like a three-story house. so We needed to actually go and rent a 32-foot ladder, I think it was, because neither of us owned a 32-foot ladder. So we just went to a tool rental place, uh, rented a ladder, and uh, you know were able to uh, do... Uh, certain parts of um, the job with that because it was like the roof line was like flat in some areas and the like the 20 foot ladder could get to those parts but there'd be some peaks where it went higher and then you know it wasn't big enough with the the 20 foot so uh, the rental place had a 32 so we uh, got the 32 and uh, and, uh, we're able to use that. Uh, I think it was a 32. I might be, that might be way bigger than what I'm thinking, but, uh, this was a while ago. So it's hard to (laughs) of jogging my memory, but it was a really big extension ladder, uh, and it was heavy. Uh, so, you know, we put that one up and we're able to do all the peaks and stuff, uh, with that extension ladder. And, uh, you know, we did some crazy stuff back then, which I wouldn't suggest. Uh, I remember, uh, it, positioning two ladders side by side and uh my brother-in-law who's quite the uh, monkey he's not afraid of heights or anything he would go up one ladder and start hanging the christmas lights but to save time instead of coming all the way down he would just kind of step over onto the next extension ladder um which was crazy to think of now um you know, as I'm older and wiser, because obviously if he's leaving one ladder and stepping onto the other, I can only secure one ladder. So I can only be holding one ladder. So, you know, that second ladder could slip as he's leaving it or the other ladder if he's getting onto it. Uh, So it was pretty crazy, but, you know, he would do that and then I would go to the back to the first ladder and take it and kind of uh, carry it around him and position it back in front of him. And he'd kind of just like leapfrogged uh, from one ladder to the next ladder to the next ladder. Uh, It saved a lot of time, but uh, thinking back, not something I would suggest uh, extremely dangerous uh, to be doing. Uh, And, uh, you know, it kind (laughs) of gives me nightmares now thinking about it. Uh, But uh, yeah, ladders you're going to need, some extension ladders you're going to need, some step ladders, uh, for certain areas, you know, uh, if you're like under sort of covered porches and things like that, <clears throat> of course, an extension ladder, uh, might be too big for those areas. You're gonna need some, you know, smaller step ladders and stuff like that. Uh, if you've got a pruning, uh, ladder, one of those orchard ladders, the three legged ones that we use a lot in landscaping, if you've got those, those are, you know, great for, uh, you know, working on the grass to put uh, lights on trees and things like that. Uh, You know, all uh, very uh, fantastic, really secure, uh, especially on, like I said, uh, soil type surfaces, grass and things like that. Those uh, orchard ladders are fantastic. Um, You're also, I would say, going to need uh, a wire stapler. Uh, So, uh, you know, if you're uh, for certain areas, there's a lot of different types of attaching, there's clips that you can put in, Uh, there's um, all sorts of uh, different styles of clips, there's ones that, uh, you know, if you're doing something like a house that's like vinyl siding, that are very easy to clip to the siding around the corners and edges and things like that. Uh, But if you've got houses that are more, uh, say wood or hardy board or things like that type siding, then, um, you know, there may not be areas to clip those type of like quick clips and things uh, you may need. Uh, I've seen a lot where it's like uh, clips where you got to screw them in or hooks or things. There's all sorts of uh, different things you and your customer will have to discuss how they want Um, this stuff done. Uh, And of course, uh, with the clips, you know, if you're going to do something where it's not like a quick plastic clip, like a vinyl siding house where you can just kind of put that clip around the sides and edges and stuff, if it's going to be, you know, something that you need to permanently attach, that needs to be discussed with the customer because they may not be wanting to do something like that. So, you may have to try to do uh, other alternatives there try to think of different ways to attach see you know how you're going to lay out these lights um and of course planning where the power is where you know where it's going to be plugged in how the lights are going to be connected where they're all going to you know how many strings you can connect together uh you know in one run uh sort of thing where they're going to terminate um you know, making sure that you're uh, getting all that planned out um, and figuring all that out. It can be uh, quite time consuming if it's the first time you're doing it for a customer and they don't have those lights supplied, like I say, if you're the one that's planning it out. Um, but of course, if you're doing sort of a more permanent installation as far as clips and stuff go, <clears throat> then... This can, of course, help for the following season because then uh, it's a lot easier uh, for uh, you to return back the next year and put those uh, Christmas lights back up. And so it's something that you need to be sure when you're quoting a customer for that additional or first year that you're doing it to let them know that yes, this is more labor intensive this year, because we're doing it from scratch. It's never been done before on your home, we're putting all these clips and stuff, but all this stuff is an investment. And it's staying for those future years. Next year, you know, it's not going to cost as much because all these clips are in place. And, uh, you know, it's very easy then for us to go and put lights, um, you know, without having to uh, be screwing in clips and stuff. So Uh, Just sort of a side thought there that that popped in my head that I thought I would, uh, uh, you know, let you guys know. But uh, you're also going to need things like zip ties, uh, side cutters to cut those zip ties. A lot of cases where, you know, a non, say a railing or something like that, uh, if a customer has like an aluminum railing or things like that, you know, uh, zip ties are a very simple way to attach lights, uh, but you want to keep them neat and tidy have uh, side cutters to be able to cut them to pull them tight all that sort of stuff Uh, so lots of different uh, ways to do it Uh, the wire stapler uh, that I mentioned previously is basically uh, it looks like a regular like carpenters type stapler that you would see woodworking type stapler, uh, except it's specifically made for uh, wire staples. Now, these are uh, staples that have a built-in plastic clip uh, on them, and the staples come in a row like a regular, um, uh, you know, regular uh, sort of refill of staples, like if you think about your desk stapler or something like that. They come like that, except the staples are spaced out because they have plastic clips uh, on each of the staples. But it loads in the stapler the same uh, for these, you know, specific wire staplers that are made to uh, handle these. And these are fantastic because if you've got things like wood trim around garage doors uh, or windows or things like that, it makes it very easy to attach uh, and very quick to attach uh, Christmas lights. You just, or even extension cords and stuff. They will accommodate, uh, you know, like your standard like orange extension cord uh, sort of thing. So they've got this sort of like half moon clip uh, embedded uh, in the staple, a plastic uh, clip. So basically, you just position the wire over the stapler, press the stapler, it shoots one of these staples, but it has an insulating clip. So if you're using a traditional stapler, or you're trying to use a traditional stapler, what can happen is the stapler can be uh, too powerful. And because you don't have a clip there, uh, I've seen lots of times, uh, where the, the Uh, staple will actually cut into, uh, the sheathing of, uh, the Christmas light. So then it's now, uh, you know, that wire, that staple is, uh, you know, in contact with, uh, the wire. So you don't want to do that because you can have shorts and uh, things like that. If that staple is going across the two different strands of uh, electrical wire, uh, and that sort of stuff. So you want to make sure that, um, you know, you're not using uh, that. Also, those staples then are, uh, you know, exposing that electrical current if somebody were to touch it or something like that. Whereas uh, those electrical staples, because they have that plastic clip, it prevents them from cutting into the wire. Uh, And, uh, uh, you know, it provides that sort of little saddle so that the staple isn't going deep enough to uh, damage the wire. Uh, It just has that little plastic clip, uh, that holds it in place. Now, these are awesome, especially for, uh, you'll find customers that want a permanent installation of Christmas lights, especially if you're doing like those incandescent style lights, the, the type that I like, and you're, uh, you know, pointing them all a different direction. This was one of the most popular things that when I was doing Christmas lights, it would be like a one-time thing that they would want. They would want the Christmas lights, but they would leave them up all year and they would just get like a clear, uh, uh, clear bulbs. So they wouldn't do like colored red or anything like that. They would just put clear, uh, white bulbs on them and they would use them throughout the year, not just at Christmas. So, you know, if they had, a uh, an event or, you know, in the summer or something like that, they could have, uh, some nice, uh, lights on, um, highlighting their home, uh, throughout, uh, the, uh, you know, other, uh, events or times of the year. And those, uh, those clips, uh, those staples, the wire staples are perfect for that type of installation because it keeps it all very neat and tidy. They're very minimal. They're not these big clips, but you need something, of course, like wood trim or something to be able to staple into. Obviously, it's not going to work if it's uh, concrete or uh, you know, some other type of uh, metal or things like that. Uh, it doesn't have that same effect. Uh, The other thing you're going to need in your toolbox is, of course, uh, electrical tape. Um, This uh, is uh, something that can come in very, very handy uh, to, uh, you know, uh, bundle up wire, uh, to, uh, you know, tape around joints. Some people like to, when you've got uh, one end of lights uh, plugged into another, uh, you know, corresponding string to put some electrical tape, uh, just, uh, you know, a couple of uh, loops around uh, nice and tight to hold that joint together. Uh, you know, you find some strings sometimes where it's very loose fitting. Some of them are nice and tight, but some of them are very loose fitting and it, like the slightest little breeze or uh, movement can uh, cause the the uh, lights to uh, pull apart, the strings to uh, unplug. So, uh, you know, Connecting them together and just putting some electrical tape around that also keeps it insulated and dry uh, during wet weather or if snow is piled on top or something like that. It just keeps it uh, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, safer. I guess you could say. Uh, So electrical tape, you want to have some of that uh, in hand, and of course you can get electrical tape in different colors. So you can, you know, if a lot of the Christmas lights you're putting up have like green cords uh, or white cords or you know whatever the case may be, uh, you can get, uh, you know, colored electrical tape uh, to kind of blend it in. So it's not sort of an eyesore of just black electrical tape or something like that. Uh, But that's just like personal preference. Uh, And then of course, uh, one of the other things you're going to need is uh, a drill, uh, drill bits, if you're going to be putting, um, you know, clips and stuff uh, in a more permanent uh, sort of uh, manner, and like the ones I'm thinking of are uh, ones that you commonly see, around like garages and stuff like that, where it's like this little kind of looks like a round little disc with two little wings on it. And it's got a screw in the middle, and you can screw it uh, in, it kind of stays there permanently. And uh, it just lets you loop uh, the wire as you're going uh, up, you kind of put the wire around one of the wings and then up and then in the opposite direction around the second wing. uh, And it just holds it uh, in place. And those clips stay there permanently because you're uh, attaching them uh, screwed. And I've seen a lot of houses where uh, over the years, you know, they paint the trim and all that sort of stuff. And they just paint right over the clips to kind of hide them and blend them in. And, uh, you know, it, uh, they stay there all year and it makes it very easy to put those Christmas lights on and take them off. So lots of different options. And every year, there's so many different new ones when you go to the store, so many different new types of clips and things like that. Uh, So that's one of the things that, uh, you know, you can have on hand by boxes of have clips and things of different styles, you may need one or two here and, you know, one end or something like that. Uh, A lot of those lights, of course, use those uh, have, you know, those older style lights might have the little clip built in for like the gutters that you kind of slide onto the gutters. Uh, That's what I do on my house, The, uh, the two roof tiers on my house. Have gutters around so I can just, you know, slide the the built in clip on the uh, Christmas light. But over the years, they get brittle and they break off. So, you know, I've got a couple lights here and there that, you know, that's broken. So I have other uh, sort of uh, replacement uh, generic clips that I can clip onto the gutter and then attach that light. It's not at the exact same level. So that kind of, you know, gets you in that sort of, okay, now it looks kind of goofy because you got this one like kind of sticking a little bit higher than the others. But, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, it's the best you can do in those sort of circumstances. Um, uh, but those are the options. Like, so uh, going through it, you want, uh, you know, different ladders, uh, you know, at least two ladders, I would say, at least a, an extension ladder and a step ladder. Uh, you might want to have some step stools, things like that for uh, smaller areas and things like that, where you just don't need, um, you know, quite to have uh, all those other uh, types of things. So for me, generally, um, I'm using uh, that 20 foot extension ladder, I'm using an eight foot step ladder, and then I've got like a little two step, uh, sort of like a kitchen um, step stool type thing uh, that folds open, uh, and has like a uh, one little step and then it's got like a little platform that you can stand on uh, so I usually uh, use those or my go-tos I've got that orchard ladder if I do you know if I have to do like uh, lights in a tree or something like that uh, and then uh, wire stapler I've got those insulated boxes of insulated staples uh, electrical tape in different colors and then the drill and drill bits uh for the most part um you know that's going to cover it you might want to have a hammer with you as well if you're just going to use like a nail or something like that uh, for a certain area uh, you know depending but for the most part uh, any hooks or um you know pins or things that you're using are going to be like kind of screwed in uh to the surface uh, especially if they're supporting any sort of weight like a big wreath or something like that um So, your tools are pretty basic in terms of uh, doing uh, Christmas uh, light jobs. Now, as far as pricing goes, I know you guys are going to have a bunch of questions on pricing uh, here. I tried a bunch of different pricing, and, and you know, it's going to vary from where you are and what other competitors are charging, of course, as well. Just like snow removal, just like lawn mowing, um, you know, prices in different areas are going to be uh, different. What I settled in and what I found worked uh, the best uh, for my area at the time, uh, sort of towards the end of when I kind of figured it out and got into a rhythm of what I was doing and all that stuff for just the installation part. Like if a customer had uh, their own Christmas lights and I was showing up, I was basically charging them uh, $1 per foot of Christmas light installed on um, the first level. So if it was a first level gutter uh, of a house, say like a rancher or something like that, then it was a dollar a foot uh, to install. Now, of course, you want to keep in mind that, you know, if they have only 20 feet of Christmas lights to put up, uh, you know, it's not worth your time going there to do for 20 bucks uh, to go hang some lights. So you want to have a minimal charge, just like you would with your mowing. If it's $30 or $40, whatever it is, uh, you know, figure out what your minimum charge would be. And then, you can do the dollar uh, per foot. Uh, that's you know basically how I did a Dollar per foot for that first level only, uh, because of course it wasn't as dangerous uh, to go up you know one level. Although like I said last year at my own house, uh, it could have turned uh, pretty bad if my son wasn't there uh, holding the ladder. Even though it was only uh, you know that first level, uh, but you know, at the time, that's what I was doing it was a dollar a foot. Uh, and then of course, if it was under that minimum charge of 35 or $40, whatever the case may be, then it would be a, uh, you know, 40 bucks to go put that uh, string of lights up. Now, obviously, if it's more than, uh, you know, that charge, then you're going to be going by however many feet uh, of lights that you're putting up, uh, you know, string lights. If it was the second story, then the price went up to two fifty, uh, for foot. I think I started at two dollars a foot for the second story, uh, gutter line, uh, and then we adjusted it. We over you know the year or so we pushed it up, and uh, it went up to two fifty uh, per foot for the second story. So if you you know got to a customer's house that was, um, you know, two different levels, uh, and they had like sort of a, like my own house where there's a you know a one story sort of gutter line and then there's also a two story gutter line above it um you know to put lights on that it would have been a dollar a foot for anything along the first level and then any lights that went on the second level was 250 a foot because of course you're climbing higher you're uh, in a lot of cases now getting off the ladder and having to walk on the roof uh, in some cases uh you know i'm just thinking of my own a house scenario where I'm getting off the ladder at the first thing and then walking around, your liability is more, it's slippery up there and, uh, you know, having to put lights there. So you're being compensated more because of the uh, liability is more for you to be up, uh, you know, at that higher level. Now, speaking of liability, of course, you want to make sure that your uh, liability insurance uh, for your a business will cover you to do uh, these uh, sort of tasks. So you want to make sure uh, of this as well, regardless of whether you are, um, you know, shoveling sidewalks and stuff for snow and things like that, or putting Christmas lights, anything outside of your normal duties of lawn mowing and, you know, gardening. You want to make sure that your insurance will, in fact, cover you for these other tasks because there's a lot more liability with it, right? You mowing somebody's lawn isn't going to carry the same liability uh, in the insurance company's eyes. It's their risk uh, versus you having to climb a ladder and possibly falling, uh, hurting yourself, that ladder, breaking some, you know, falling over hitting somebody's car or breaking a window or something like that uh wrecking the gutter um you know somebody getting hurt uh, from the ladder uh, or if you're you know doing something like snow removal on your customer's properties and shelling their driveway them slipping and falling and you know then complaining that you didn't do it properly or you didn't clean it enough or whatever the case may be you want to make sure that you're uh able to do these extra jobs under your liability insurance. Because some insurance companies may have very strict guidelines on what specifically your, you know, there's not really a blanket policy. They don't, you know, I've never, you know, gotten a quote for business insurance where they didn't ask me what type of business I was running. Uh, You know, your premiums and all the stuff that your uh, payments and things that you're Paying into your insurance are going to be based on the industry that you're in, the activities that you're doing. So, you know, if you have an insurance package for a lawn mowing company, it may not cover you for other jobs because they're not expecting that you're going to be on the roof of somebody's house or whatever the case may be. So you have to make sure that, uh, you know, your liability uh, is covered. Your insurance uh, does cover you for these extra things if you're thinking about going into doing things like that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so in terms of, uh, you know, that you want to make sure, uh, you know, that you're making a decent, uh, profit, uh, on these jobs, you know, and it's amazing uh, to me at least, uh, you know, what customers were willing to pay for Christmas lights, um. It was absolutely uh amazing, you know there was some jobs that we did uh where the bill was upwards uh in the you know five six hundred dollar range uh for just the installation, not including the lights uh or anything like that uh I think there was one um where you know if we took uh the customer had bought uh, all the lights um himself and uh supplied the lights, but if you took like the cost of all the lights plus the labor that we did, uh, for that job, it was, you know, getting close to a thousand dollars for this customer to put up their holiday light display, uh, because the house was just, uh, you know, it was a three-story house, it was intricate, we had to rent, uh, that big ladder, um, you know, it took uh, a full day of uh, doing the installation, all that sort of stuff, uh, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, quite the job, uh, but it looked fantastic, I and mean, then for this customer, he was one of the ones where it was like a one-time thing. Like he, it was all the clear lights. He wanted it up for Christmas, but he was leaving it year round. And the only thing that he would ever do or need to do is hire somebody to, you know, change light bulbs that are burnt out uh, over the years. So, uh, you know, it can be Amazing, uh, what customers will pay. I think the average, uh, you know, pricing that I was doing for uh, installing lights was in like the two hundred dollar range. Uh, all said and done, by the time you know you kind of finished everything, wrapped it all up, uh, and uh, you know it was a good, uh, decent uh, way to make some money in the off season especially leading up uh, to, uh, you know, Christmas and stuff where you might have extra expenses and gifts to buy and things like that. Uh, It was just a good uh, way, a good income stream leading up to it. Now, a lot of people ask, well, what happens after Christmas? Well, you can make money on the backside as well, because then those, a lot of those customers, those ones that weren't looking for that permanent installation, um, a lot of people don't like to leave the Christmas lights up all year long, um, or don't want it. You know, if they've got like colored, um, led lights and you know they're not all nice neat and tidy with the bulbs all facing the same direction uh then it can look kind of tacky having that on all year so most people are going to remove them and they're going to call you back to remove them so not only are you making a nice decent set of uh income going into christmas but you can also uh make some good income after Christmas, so usually in the new year, uh, you know, that first, second week of January, you can head back and start, uh, you know, taking lights uh, and light displays down after New Year's and that sort of stuff. And generally what we did was we would charge uh, half the price. So because it was a lot faster to uh, take lights down and depending on the you know, what you're doing, uh, you know, with some of those clips and things like that. In a lot of cases, you know, lights can just slip off very, very easily. I know at least on my own house as well too now, like it takes me uh, literally uh, less than an hour to take all the Christmas lights uh, off my house because, uh, you know, once I get up on the roof, I can go from peak to peak and I'm not worried about tightening the bulbs and testing them and making sure they're all working and facing the right direction and all that sort of stuff. I'm just, you know, I'm clipping them off the gutter and it just like they just slide right off and I can literally, you know, take them all off. It takes me longer when I disconnect a string to uh roll it all up and I like to uh label them all so that I know for next year. So this is something you're going to want to do too if you've got this all laid out on a customer's house when it comes, you know, time to uh, come back and, uh, you know, uh, put it all away, do yourself a favor and lay it all up, Uh, lay it all out for yourself. So, you know, start on one side. And what I do is, um, you know, on my house, I've got the two levels, like I said, uh, so I, and each level, I put four strings of lights. So I just, on each string, when I take it apart, I roll it up and I start on the left side of the house all the time and work my way to the plug. Uh, so I start on the left uh, side of the house. I roll up the thing. I put some tape around it. Some I u- use masking tape so I can write on it. So I roll up some masking tape around the, the loop of wire to hold it. And then I write, like if it's the bottom rung or the bottom level, I just write bottom number one. And then the next string is bottom number two. And the next string is bottom number three. The next string is bottom number four. Then I go to the top start on the left side, top one, top two, top number three, top number four. And then I put that all the way the next year, when you show up at your, you know, your own house, or you're at a customer's house, you pull out those strings, and they're all labeled, hey, you're always starting on every house, you're starting on, say, the same side to make it easier for yourself. So always start on the left side, working to the right. And, you know, you go from there and you go, Hey, look, here's bottom number one, bottom number two, bottom number three. So, you know, it all lays out exactly the way you left it the year before. And the same with the top just makes it very, very simple, uh, makes your life a lot easier. Um, you know, uh, when they're all kind of, uh, you know, looped together, it's easy to plug them into a wall to test them. Especially if it's like incandescent bulbs, you can, uh, you know, I'll tighten them there. Very, very simple uh, and will make your life uh, very easy going forward. And of course, you know, you've got your price set. So next year, um, you know, if you're going by that uh, per foot charge, uh, well, you've just saved yourself a bunch of work not having to lay out lights and try to remember what goes where and what goes, you know, what. You've got it all labeled and ready to go, and you're still charging that two dollars and fifty cents a foot for the top and a dollar a foot for the bottom. Whatever the case is that you want to come up with for your pricing, and you know you've just saved yourself a ton of labor uh, for the next season. Uh, so it just makes it uh, very, very uh, easy uh, to go there. So some other cool add-ons now, of course. Uh, that I uh, you know I want to mention before I wrap this up is uh home automation. Uh, you know everybody loves their technology these days. Uh I know for me I'm the same. Uh you know uh with uh, being an Apple user and stuff like that I do the uh Apple home kit um but you know things like timers and stuff like that you can use uh regular timers you can use uh what work very well to uh, is the timers for uh vehicles the ones for um uh, the uh, block heaters that they sell um those work great too in outdoor conditions being weather sealed and all that sort of stuff you can use like basic timers like that um some houses might have uh, timers built in to the inside into like their the plug um i know my house has one of those for some lights uh that but what i do for the christmas lights is uh I was using those uh, block heater plugs, uh, because you can set the time when you want the lights to come on, when you want the lights to come off. Some of them have photo sensors that come on when it gets dark and uh, will stay on for a certain amount of hours after that. Uh, but now with home automation, all that stuff becoming popular, things like the Apple HomeKit smart plu- smart plugs and things like that. I know for my house when we've got like Christmas trees and all the like, uh, you know, lights along the mantles and uh, up the stair railings and stuff like that. I have it all on Siri and you can literally say, Siri, turn on the Christmas lights. And like all the Christmas lights come on in the house or Siri, turn off the Christmas lights and all the Christmas lights, or, you know, individually, Siri, turn on the Christmas tree. Then the Christmas tree lights come on, uh, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, I hadn't done that for the outside. Uh, but I will probably try that this year. I picked up a outdoor, uh, home kit plug Uh, made by a company called Miro's. I found it on um, Amazon and it's an Apple HomeKit certified one. Uh, And what's nice about this one is that it uh, is basically like, it's got like a short little plug that plugs into the wall and then it has like a little box and the box has two plugs. Uh, So it basically lets you plug in two different uh, strings or lights or whatever it is that you want to plug in. And it lets you control each of those plugs individually from your phone uh, or from Siri. Um, So it's not just one thing. It gives you basically two plugs for each plug that you're plugged into the outlet. So if your outlet has, you know, two electrical plugs, you could technically get two of these and have four uh, separate home Uh, you know, smart plugs uh, that you could plug into and have them named individually and have them individually controlled with your phone. They also have a button right on it that you can turn on and off uh, the lights uh, there as well. And they sell the non home kit. So for everything else, like Alexa and Google and stuff, they have a version uh, for those as well. And then the Apple HomeKit version, uh, uh, separately uh, as well too. So a lot of cool stuff that you can offer to customers, uh, that you can set up for them, set up the HomeKit device for them, uh, you know, set it up on their phone and stuff like that. Lots of little extras that you can add onto that. I didn't even have, uh, when I was doing Christmas lights, but it would be very cool. Like, Hey, we can, uh, you can advertise like, like, you know, we can set up your lights and have it on HomeKit and blah, 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 and have it so you can control it with your phone and set that all up for them. And, you know, they'll be uh, very, uh, you know, excited about that and you know you can add on uh you know a good uh fifty or sixty or seventy or eighty dollars uh, for adding that home automation integration into their Christmas lights and uh you know just uh make some uh, uh good money uh doing that as well. So hopefully uh that helped you guys out uh and you guys got some value from uh, some of my past experiences doing Christmas lights. Uh like I say here at the beginning of uh November is uh, the way to, uh, you know, uh, to do it, to start advertising it, to start thinking about it. A great way to add some extra income uh, to your business uh, this uh, coming winter. Uh, and of course, like I said, into the new year. So uh, again, happy, uh, you know, election day to everybody there in the USA. Uh, stay safe and uh, make sure you go out and vote. And, you uh, that's it for this week guys uh here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business bye for now